Welcome to the Musician's Guide to Being Healthy, Wealthy, and Wise. Every week, we have music industry professionals and top performers share their insights on thriving as a modern musician. Whether you're a recent grad or high-profile artist, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Karen Kubides, CEO of Kubides Artist Services, marketing and management consultant, educator, and professional saxophonist based in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Karen. I'm so happy you're here. Um, First of all, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for having me. And thanks so much for coming to our first Emerging Artist Workshop. I'm so excited it happened, and I can't wait to hear some of your thoughts. But um, for those listening, let's first start with um, who you are and where you're from. Okay. Uh, My name is Caitlin Featherstone, and I'm originally from Southern California, the OC, just south of LA. Um, And I'm currently living in Brooklyn, New York, where I've been for the last four years. And what do you do in New York? I am a freelance trumpet player and music teacher. Fun fact, Caitlin and I met nine years ago, right? Yes. At Interlochen for high school. Yep. Um, and looking back, we never talked, right? Nope. Never spoke. Why? I don't know. It's cause you're so cool. Uh, yeah. Right. And I was jealous of you. <laughs> no, I think you just had a crush on my best friend. Let's be real. What? No, he might be listening. <laughs> um, yeah. So then we finally reconnected nine years later through a mutual friend yes. and here we are. Life is amazing. amazing. It's weird. Um, okay. So tell us, um, what you're most excited about. Well, I'm super excited. Um, about just over a year ago, I quit my full-time job, my desk job, my day job, Ooh. if you will. Um, and I became a full-time freelance musician. So I actually get to like play music every day and get paid for it and not have to like work for the man anymore. So I think that's what I'm most excited about right now. <laughs> yeah. So, okay, let's unpack that. Tell okay. us like, um, so you went to Interlochen, right? Yes. Um, and you graduated and then you went to Oberlin for college. Correct. And you got a degree in trumpet, trumpet performance. Okay. And a minor in ethnomusicology. Ooh. Super useful. So fancy. Most useful thing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, tell us about what led you to have that desk job and then what led you to quit it. Okay. Um, so after I graduated college, I actually wanted to take a break from music because I was super overwhelmed and burnt out from conservatory life because it's just, it's intense. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I actually quit trumpet for a while and I moved to Tacoma, Washington for several months where I like worked at a vet clinic and then I moved to Spain where I was a nanny mm-hmm. and then finally it was just like, this is not right. I have to move to New York now. Um, so then I moved to New York and I had to do the whole like struggling, starving artist thing. I worked at like, I worked for a catering company and then I worked at a doggy daycare and then I finally got this, um, desk job. And at the time I was like, dreams come true. I did it (laughs) because it was at this like really fancy cabaret dinner theater. That's pretty well known and pretty famous and a lot of famous people perform there. And I'm a huge Broadway nerd. So I was like, this is the dream. I've made it in New York. Um, and like after two weeks of working there, I weird, my boss got fired (laughs) and I was promoted to like the manager position after only working there two weeks. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. (laughs) And then I ended up staying there for two years. Um, and it was really awesome at the time. And the, but like the best part was that it gave me enough flexibility and freedom that I was able to also do music on the side. So I'd like work all day from like 10 to 6 or sometimes I'd get there earlier like 8 to 6 whenever like just to get all the work done because it was crazy um and then I'd go and like 
play a show. Oh <laughs> I like, my gosh. would like race down to Penn Station and hop on a train and go out to Jersey and like play a musical like seven nights that week. So it was nuts. But I, it was awesome because I was like able to build up my like trumpet reputation in my freelance career. And finally, oh, just about a year ago, I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm like so tired and so sad all the time. And like, yeah. um, so I was, was finally able to quit my job and like make it work as a musician. So that's so amazing. It was the best day ever. Yeah. <laughs> it was that, very freeing. That's really like inspiring because, you know, either. I find that people take the common path where it's like, yeah, I'm going to either be the the starving artist or I'm going to half-ass my job as an artist Mm -hmm. and do all these other jobs to kind of pay my bills. But it's so cool to see that you just like had your job and also took time away from music. Like, what was that like? Like, what prompted you to stop doing that one thing that we've been taught we do really well and we should do forever and kind of like take a break? Um, I mean, it was was really nice because, you know, I had been playing trumpet since I was seven. So that had been like, I don't know, like, however many years that was um a lot (laughs) too tired for math right now a lot of years um but like after graduating from Oberlin like I said I was super burnt out and everyone was like we're gonna audition for major symphonies and this is the this is the track and we're gonna learn excerpts all the time and I was just like I am so over this like I don't want to do this anymore and I realized that I had other interests and other passions um and I just wanted to take some time to like explore those like at the time I was really set on the idea of joining the Peace Corps and so I'd like sit in Starbucks and like work on my Peace Corps application and I was like tutoring children from Kenya on my days off and like I was like I'm gonna be in the Peace Corps and I'm gonna live in Africa and I'm gonna do all this and I'm gonna like work I don't know and I was like I applied to work for Greenpeace and I was like I'm gonna change the world like screw trumpet I'm done yeah um (laughs) and and then eventually I was like oh this is taking too long I'm just gonna move to Spain and I don't know it was it was a really funky year in my life um but basically like I just wanted to I just like try something else and like not have my whole life be music for like five seconds yeah um but I guess I it was awesome because I was like slowly drawn back to trumpet mm-hmm. and I was like I miss it and I like want to practice and I find myself just like practicing just because I wanted to yeah which I hadn't experienced in like the whole time I played trumpet like I felt like I had been forced to practice and like forced to go to rehearsals and forced to do lessons and it never felt like it was my own anymore so it was nice to like come back to music by choice and be doing it because I actually wanted to do it and not because I was in school and I had like a studio to compete with or something. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. I mean, like the notion that it's a privilege to pick your job and to do it every day. Like that's so, so good. So wise, Caitlin. (laughs) We're going to be best. I did a lot of dumb stuff. So (laughs) I hope (laughs) I have some wisdom from that. Um, So tell us a little bit more about your hobbies and stuff. Like I know you're like the best dog person I've (laughs) ever met. So tell us about your love for dogs and animals and all that. Okay. Uh, I've always loved dogs. When I was a little kid, I wrote my parents a giant letter on a whiteboard, like begging them (laughs) for a dog. Um, And then when I was in middle school, I think I joined a guide dogs for the blind club and I like got my family into training guide dogs for the blind. So we'd like get little puppies when they were two months old and raise them to be guide dogs, essentially. Um, and then, like I said, I worked at a vet hospital and then I worked at a doggy daycare and I just like dogs, I love them so much. Um, and now in New York, I can't really have a dog quite yet. Um, so I do like a lot of dog sitting and I like to describe myself as a professional dog sitter, (laughs) whatever that means. But I basically get paid to like go to people's houses and hang out with their dogs for a week. That's amazing. It's it's like having my own dog, but I have like 
10 dogs. Right, right. Basically. And but you don't have to pay for them. So. I don't have to pay for them. And it's not like an extended commitment. Right. It's like a little trial run that I get paid for. Um, That's awesome. But it's like, at least I get to hang on to that part of my old life a little bit. Yeah. So, so what kind of dog do you want to get when you're ready? Oh. Uh, <laughs> Tell us. Okay. Well, labs are my favorites. So I've always wanted a lab because I had labs growing up and they're just like the best. But in New York, I think it's better to have a small dog because big dogs need room to run yeah. and you don't have room. Um, <laughs> so I really want a Frenchie. <laughs> and what are you going to name it? I'm going to name it Potato. <laughs> <laughs> so nobody can steal it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> potato the Frenchie. And then... I, after hanging out with your dogs, I realized that Potato might need a friend. Of and course. And so we'll name the other one Brussels Sprout. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And they'll be Instagram famous. Obviously. It's a dream. It's a yeah. dream. I mean, that's the whole point. It's the little things. So they can buy their own <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Of course. Um, awesome. So tell me in the last year of mm-hmm. being in the Emerging Artist Program, like what is something that you have learned that you wish you would have known sooner? Um, I think... I mean, I, I think it's that, like, self-care is the most important thing. Like, obviously, being a musician, practicing, networking, being the best musician you can is very, very important. Um, yeah. But, like, self-care, feeling good, being healthy, taking care of yourself, dressing well, actually caring <laughs> about your appearance, worrying about your mental health and, like, your relationships and surrounding yourself with good people is, like, ultimately what leads you to be the best version of yourself mm-hmm. and like result in success in your career. Cause that it just like changes how you feel about yourself and other people get that from you and then they feel differently about you as well. Yeah. So, and you've taught me that <laughs> I've changed. <laughs> You're so funny. Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome to like hear you say that because it, these are things that are so not tangible and it's like, how do you tell someone to like be healthier, to look mm-hmm. better, to feel better? And right. um, I think it's just so amazing that you um, have kind of like put yourself out there and, and decided that like, you know what, I did something really difficult and um, I can still continue to grow and, you know, look better and feel better. And um, it's really your decision and your responsibility. So yeah, that's definitely. awesome that you said that. Um, let's do some like fun questions. Oh boy. Um, and just like answer whatever comes to mind first. Uh-oh. Um, so we'll start easy. Okay, um, okay. what's your favorite book oh, or is that hard? Sorry. <laughs> <It's a> hard <laughs> I love books. I love them all. They're so great. I think one of my favorites has been Poisonwood Bible. I don't know if you've read that. I have not. It's about this like missionary family that gets stuck in Africa Ooh. and the dad is like this hardcore Baptist and he's like, we're going to change everyone. And the family's like, we are in hell. <laughs> Why are you doing this to us? And but it's like really dark and amazing. And I've I've read it like three hundred times. Huh. I recommend it. Poisonwood Bible, Barbara what? Kingsolver. It's what excellent. is it again? Um, Poisonwood Bible by Poisonwood Barbara Bible. Kingsolver. Ooh, yeah. okay. I have to check it out. It's like my go-to. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your most favorite place you've ever traveled to? Oh gosh. Uh, anywhere in like South or Central America. Uh-huh. I after I quit my day job, I rewarded myself with a trip to Mexico last year and and then my mom came along <laughs> she kind of crashed my trip but it was like the best trip ever because I like it was my first like big trip I funded myself and it yeah. was the most gorgeous resort and beach I've ever been to oh, amazing and it Where? felt a little basic because I don't really do resorts and that whole thing I'm like a backpacking like <laughs> live in hostels type of person so I like really treated myself but I was like this is great <laughs> And where in Mexico? It was in Playa del Carmen, just south of Cancun. Amazing. So beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, what's your favorite food? 
Uh oh. I love cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I love cheese so much, especially like really fancy cheeses, like like brie. Yeah. And <laughs> like, I don't know. I just love fancy cheeses and any combination of like melted cheese and bread, like pizza and mac uh, and yeah. cheese, anything All like carb that. All carb diet. It's the best. Sign me up. It just brings me so much joy. <laughs> well, speaking about cheese, um, I know you're like a wine connoisseur. Mm person um so tell us about your wine podcast your affinity to wine wanting to be a sommelier all that jazz okay cool so uh like i said i'm from southern california and in california we have everyone loves nah that's a really broad statement my family loves wine and we love california (laughs) wine and i like kind of grew up being surrounded by like the love of wine and once i was of age my dad would take me wine tasting in like santa barbara and napa and sonoma and whatnot wow and i don't it just like spoke to me for some, I don't even remember like when it started. I just know that I'm obsessed. And on my 21st birthday, when I was in college, I went to Trader Joe's and I literally bought 12 bottles of wine. And because I okay. was like, I love wine, and now I can buy it myself. Um, and just like over the years, like I've grown like more and more in love with it, and I'm obsessed with like the process of the growing and the terroir and like how it's produced and like the different regions. And I just I'm obsessed with everything about it. It's like this really cool science slash history of the world slash agricultural phenomenon and I just think it's like plus it's like eating and drinking and food pairing and it's just like so awesome um so I recently started a podcast um called wine is grape with my boyfriend not just me (laughs) gotta gotta give him credit where it's due so tell me Uh, what is the premise of this you just sit around and drink wine and talk about it sometimes Um, amazing So what we do is we go into the wine bars of New York City, um, and we so cool. eat and drink a bunch. We order a bunch of food and wine. Um, we have some, like, rhyme or reason to it. We, like, have, like, our schedule that we do. Um, and we essentially give it, like, a casual review. So we'll, like, get on the podcast, of course, have, like, a bottle of wine <laughs> while we're doing it because it relaxes you. Um, and we'll talk about it. And um, I've been studying wine. I have, like, a wine textbook that I carry around with me like a nerd. <laughs> and... Um, and so I can actually give, like, real information. I'm like, oh, this is from the Bordeaux region of France, and it's partially Merlot and partially Cabernet, and you'll taste some earthiness and dark berries. I don't know. I can, like, actually speak like I know something, which I kind of do. I'm getting there. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, like, a fun way to, like, go out and experience wine bars and give, like, fun reviews because I feel like wine is so inaccessible to the masses, and, like, yeah. a lot of people don't know anything about wine, and they don't feel like they can talk about it or drink it or be knowledgeable or go into like a bougie wine bar so I kind of feel like we're making wine bars more accessible and more fun and relaxed we're like we don't actually know anything but this is really cool and all you have to do is like read this thing and I don't know (laughs) it's just like a goofy fun project and I just want free wine I just want someone to like pay me to drink wine (laughs) or like send me free wine yeah that's the real goal here (laughs) living the dream I also love how your voice changes when you talk about wine like that's amazing oh yeah it's my bougie wine person (laughs) that's so so awesome um okay so last couple of questions um tell me about um living in New York City like what is that like especially going from like the opposite side of the country, mm-hmm. you know, like the best coast, um, to New York and then arguably, yeah. and then, you know, to Oberlin and Michigan, like how, tell me about New York. Okay. Um, why well, I've always felt like I really fit in in New York cause I'm kind of like a fast paced person and I'm like pretty intense and I get bored very easily. And so I always need like lots of stimulation. And so New York is kind of the perfect place for me and it's really toughened me up. 
Um, cause I was like kind of like a soft, spoiled, <laughs> like Orange County girl. And so I kind of like that New York has turned me into like a really intense, hard person <laughs> that like won't take crap from anyone. And it's, it's a little crazy sometimes. Um, but I mean, it's like, a, it's a really exhausting city and you kind of just have to like fight to like keep your place mm-hmm. or else like everyone's going to walk all over you and take advantage of you. And especially in the music world, like trying to climb the ranks slowly but surely just through like networking and playing crappy gigs like like having a thick skin is the most important thing you can do but while also like maintaining your humanity so like getting out of the city occasionally and being like oh okay (laughs) i'm a human still like i'm not just this like (laughs) crazy hard shell of a monster living in new york like (laughs) i love that description thank you for being honest (laughs) of course that's so awesome. Uh, yeah, but I love it. I love the city. I love getting out of the city, but I like I can't imagine living anywhere else. Maybe one day, but right now I'm like, Mm-mm, that's yeah. the place. It's the place for me. So you're a Broadway girl. Yes. Tell us about your love for theater. Oh my goodness. <sighs> I discovered musical theater when I was in like fifth or sixth grade. I was listening to the Scarlet Pimpernel, which is like this really obscure musical that unless you're a huge nerd, you've never heard of. <laughs> And I was just, I would, like, dance around my bedroom to it. Oh. Oh, my, so goofy. Um, and, like, I ended up going to an art school, and everyone in my carpool for school was, like, a, a theater person. So we'd, like, listen to Rent and, like, Avenue Q <laughs> on the way to school every day. And I just got, like, nerdier and nerdier to the point where I, like, only listen to musicals. Like, it's Aww. really embarrassing. I'm, like, a classically trained musician. I, like, went to a conservatory, and all I do is listen to musical theater. <laughs> like, such a nerd. And so, like, working at my old job, I was, like, I got to hang out with Broadway people and, like, like live my actual dream. Yeah. But now that I've left, I, like, I think I would prefer being just, like, a fan from a distance because that kind of ruined it for me a little bit. So yeah. I was, like, ugh, you're a jerk. Now I can't listen to your music. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I will love theater forever. And yeah. I do listen to it And are you <laughs> are you thinking about going back as a musician and being on Broadway? Yeah, I would love to. I think that's my ultimate goal. Yeah. Is to be a Broadway musician, either subbing on Broadway or have my own show one day. That's amazing. Which is like a terrifying prospect. And I know it's so far. No, like it's challenge. not. I don't know. I it's don't know. close. It's coming okay, soon. Okay, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that would be, that would be awesome. I'd, I would love that. That's the dream. I mean, that's the dream I've had since I was a kid. Yeah. So just oh, being involved so cool. in that world. Yeah. Maybe not the admin side of things. Uh, that didn't quite yeah. work for me. Uh, it's tough. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite musical? Uh-oh. Pick one. (laughs) Well, I love Sondheim, Stephen Sondheim. So I'm like obsessed with all his musicals. And my favorite musical of his is called Merrily We Roll Along, which was a huge flop on Broadway. It only ran for like 20 shows or something, something like that. I don't know. Um, And I, oh, it's so good. It's about these like young artists coming to New York City and like, I think, yeah, New York City. And like one is like a a writer, one is a pianist and one's a composer and they're like all friends. And it's the story of them like finding their success, but the story goes in reverse. So it starts with them in like turmoil at the peaks of their career, but like they're no longer friends and one of them's an alcoholic and the show goes backwards. And so it ends with them meeting for the first time, like on a roof watching like a meteor shower or something. And it's like, oh, the best show. And it's like my road trip musical (laughs) that I always listen to. So I have to say Merrily We Roll Along by Stephen Sondheim. That's amazing. So random. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Um, Okay. So last question. Um, If you could go back in time and tell your younger self something, what would you tell? I would always stress about the dumb things. Like, 
like so many things don't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how to like put it in a better way, but like in high school, I'd be stressing about really stupid things in high school or like in college, I'd be stressing about things. And like coming into my adult years, I'm like, why do you stress? Like if you can't control the situation, don't stress. Like, yeah, like you, you always say like, you're only in control of yourself. And I wish I'd known that as a kid because stress and anxiety like ate at me for years and years and years about all these things I couldn't control. So if I had known just to be like, oh, screw it. <laughs> like, none of this really matters. Like, only the things you actually care about matter. So, yeah. I wish I had known something like that. It would have saved me a lot of, like, stress and sleepless nights. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're so amazing. Oh. I could literally talk to you all day. Oh, yay. You're so awesome. <laughs> thank you so much for all of your wisdom and oh, amazingness you. and humor. I'm of so excited course. we get to do life together. 